You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And welcome to the Pride of Detroit PODcast, prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. You know where to find us. We say it every week. You know where to find us. We're right here. We're not going anywhere, even though they try to keep closing the club on us. We're like, no, 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 no. No, we're here until the Lions win a Super Bowl, which means we might be here for a very, very, very long time. Uh, All your news about the Detroit Lions is here. What's that, Jeremy? Be crying in the club. Why am I crying in the club right now? Because I'm still watching Lions. There's okay. no crying in the club. There's no crying in the club. There's no crying. There's no crying in the VIP room. There's no crying at bottle service. Uh, I'm Chris Perfett, your adequate host. Uh, I've been in cabin fever for the past week or so. So let me let me just put it this way. I'm I'm going to spare the grisly details from our from our. Uh, Audience, uh, thank you, Jeremy, f- Jeremy Reisman, fearless leader at Detroit Online, and me, Chris Perfett, at Chris Perfett, P-E-R-F-E-T-T, your adequate host. Uh, Jeremy, you filled in for me last week. I had kind of the week from hell. Um, I think I had talked a couple weeks ago about it. I was starting to uh, get something on my leg. I- I'll spare the grisly details, but um, let's just say that after I had a lot of pain and a lot of crap drained from me, uh, I was no, in no position to podcast. I was only in a position to lay on my belly for about five days. And in those five days, my car got broken into as well. So I am suffering the double whammy of terrible crap. And uh, I'm just glad that we are here to alleviate all that and think about positive things with another oh, loss. Oh. I think you came to the wrong place. You were looking for the Arrowhead Pride podcast i could see how you get confused they both have pride in it so um no um listen as as fun as they might be it's hard for me to root for a city like kansas city wow like that that, that, that's like rooting for for a uh, strip mall (laughs) i think i think i think there's some like latent barbecue resentment somewhere in here but i think we're talking about kansas city too much right now also we are. We are. They just beat the Patriots, though, so shout out to them. Uh, let's talk. <laughs> Sam and Lions uh, in Twitch chat has massive leg problem, has car broken into. Still the worst thing is being a Lions <laughs> fan. Yeah, that happens. It's, uh, let's see here. Um, Nick the Greek 420. We're already getting into the Twitch comments. Make a comment about Matt P's bosom and I will Venmo you $100. So I have no clue what this bosom storyline is, Jeremy. Um I'm going to go through Occam's razor and just assume he's wearing diapers or something. I don't know why you're looking to me. This is just a, a guy trolling in our you're, chat. You're I the think. expert. You are the insider. You're the insider, insider about Matt Patricia's bosom. You are the Detroit Lions insider. 
Okay, well, well, the problem is we have to talk about this game then. Vikings 20, Detroit Lions 7. Boom. Did not get shut out, baby. That's it. Last minute okay. touchdown to avoid the first shutout the first in game, a decade. The first game the Lions have not led all season, I might add. Yeah, but they've been... Did Lions didn't lead at all? They've been tied in every in this game. game this season. Think about it. They've been tight. They've been tied. 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 Tight. Zero zero every game. Uh, yeah, it, it was the first. My interest game. in this game is very low. This first game they didn't lead. Um, they didn't particularly look competitive in any of it. They were down by multiple scores almost the entire game. They were clearly the worst team on the field. Not a lot of good things that could be said about this game, except they were kind of okay defensively. Um, I don't want. No. They, they were. I mean, when you think back to the last time these two teams played. When Minnesota hung forty something on them in in Ford Field, this was an improvement in, no. the, in that sense. He let up twenty points. Like that's the thing is like once Minnesota hung hung seventeen on you and saw no life out of out of the Lions by the end of the third quarter, they were just like, yeah, we can just shut they, they it off. We don't. There's need no to keep question. Scoring. They took their their foot off the gas a little bit. You know, Kirk Cousins threw thirty yeah. times, but didn't throw the ball. Didn't test the Lions. Listen, on Kirk the field Cousins. Area. By the way, Kirk. You want to see a crazy stat. Kirk Cousins in the 1 p.m. window is insane. You take him out of that 1 p.m. window, he's not that great. But in that 1 p.m. window, he's, like, really good. I don't understand why. But just just to go back to something, something yeah. positive from this game, and it, it, the run defense continues to pre, be pretty good. Um, they, they held the Vikings to 3.1 yards per carry in this game. As a team, they entered this game with 4.6 yards per carry. So they're averaging 1.5 yards less rush uh this entire game and and what that led to is the lions getting off the field more often than than we expect them to minnesota was just five of 14 on third downs meaning the lions made them punt a lot they made them kick field goals a lot and yeah you're right in that they took the foot off the gas a little bit and i mean the the other thing to speak about here is that while the defense finally improved a little bit this was the first game that we really saw the offense drop off a cliff because Daryl Bevel had done all he possibly could through the first, what, 12 games of the season to keep this offense's head above water, despite the fact that the offensive line wasn't playing well, despite the fact that this team cycled through every possible running back in the first two months of the season, and then despite the fact that Matthew Stafford got injured. The Blau, Blau mania yeah, is know. officially over. That's where I want to start. Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It Let's, was it was a harsh so fall from I think reality. We, we all saw this coming with Blau. Yeah. We all saw this coming with Blow Blau, however you say his name. Come on, you is it Blau? We we have confirmation. Are you putting your journalistic integrity on the line that it is actually it's, Blau, David it's Blau? Been, it's been three months since we traded for the guy. It's Blau. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. Okay, it's your career on the line, um, David Blau. I think we all saw this coming. Uh, the amount of people who got, we, we just did this. We just did this with Jeff Driscoll. One good, like one good game. And all of a sudden people are talking about moving on from Stafford to David Blau on 97.1. Like, come on. Like you saw this coming, right? Of course. If you look, I, I, I thought maybe he would have gotten one more game, but yeah. Because you heard my one thing I think I know, which I said, David Blau was going to all back to reality against a really good Vikings defense, which you can give them all the credit in the world if you want, but Blau was also particularly bad in this game, and 
He played like a third string quarterback. Third string quarterback in his second career start, start an undrafted yep. guy who didn't spend training camp with the team. I'm not. I'm not trying to slam the guy or yeah, anything. I'm, I'm not here to. I'm not here to bury Blau. I'm saying he's exactly who we thought he I, is, and he is not. He's not. Um, he's a guy that the. He's, he's not a guy more that the Lions that. acquired by swapping seventh round picks. That's all you really need to know. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we're going to update the draft order of the Lions here in a little bit. There's been some updates here, but before I move on from this game and just put it in the dirt, um, this was Darius Slay's 100th game. And I think that's created a little bit of narrative because I would say he had a bit of an up-and-down game. Uh, he, I mean, but granted, he also had to guard Stefan Diggs, who is uh, really good. So I don't. What, what's what's your thought? What's your thoughts on this? Because I've I've seen some people starting to get a little shifty about Darius Slay, and that you know it's this wasn't a great game for him. He's had some quiet games here as the team has gone off the rails, and we're not seeing big play Slay too much lately. Which I mean, I don't know why you would expect that right now when the team is going the way it is. But you know, hundred game. What's your? I don't take? know. I mean. He's he's going to get a lot of criticism for this game because he gave up, you know, the big reception at the end of the first half. And I mean, the end of the first half is really where I feel like that game, this game ended. The Lions are threatening to to finally score to make it a 10-3 or 10-7 game. Um, they, they, Dave Blau takes a bad sack. They they miss the field goal. And then one of the next few plays is, is Darius Slay giving up, a, I think, a 44-yard pass um, to Stefan Diggs. He was in really, really good position for most of that play. Diggs created a little separation at the end. Um, I saw a little bit of an arm extension from Diggs. Uh, Slay said the same thing. Didn't get the call. Tough to get a call like that. It was a very subtle. Was, I mean, it was a good. If it was pass interference, it was good pass interference from Stefan Diggs because it was very hard to see. Um, so that play is going to stick out in a lot of people's minds. He also gave up another, you know, twenty-some yard pass to Diggs on the sideline. Another really good play by Diggs. I didn't see Darius Slay out of position very often in this game. And, and while that's only half the battle, you obviously have to make plays on the ball. It's a sign to me, one, that he's not given up. You know, he has a lot of confidence and, and pride, so he's not a guy that's going to just give up and, and let receivers run all over him. Um, and it's a sign that he still has the physical skills to, to go against some good receivers in this league. Now, it's true that he hasn't been himself. It's true that he hasn't been the eight interception guy that, that made him an all pro and made him a pro bowler and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's true that um, the fact that the better receivers in this league are, are getting the best of him kind of shows to you that maybe he isn't who he used to be, but you also have to remember there aren't a lot of wide receivers in this league that do what Darius Slade does. And that's shadow these guys for almost the entire game. There are not a lot of guys that a coaching staff will do that to. And it's not, it's not, I'm not saying it's coaching malpractice. It's, Darius Slay, in terms of degree of difficulty, has one of the most difficult positions in the entire NFL. And not just playing cornerback. I mean, amongst cornerbacks. He's put in a very, very tough position. I mean, even in past years, like in past seasons when it was under Jim Caldwell, like he he didn't shadow guys. He just, he kept to one side of the field. And and part of the reason there were, were, the Lions are doing that. Well, today it made a lot of sense, right? They didn't have Adam Thielen. So you you want to put your best guy on their best guy. That makes complete sense. Yeah. And you're starting a fifth-round rookie opposite him in Amani Orarie, who, you know, wasn't great, wasn't horrible in this game. He did give up a touchdown, but we didn't really see much of him the rest of the game. So 
I don't know. I'm still in Darius Slay's corner. I still think he's a, a, a good, maybe maybe not great anymore, but a very good cornerback. Um, this game in particular, I think I think like PFF, it'll probably look bad because he, he did give up big plays. But if you look at how he's performing within those plays, it's not like he's making egregious errors. Stefan Diggs just made a couple yeah. of really, really good throw, really good catches, I should say, um, on, on top of solid throws from uh, from Kirk Cousins. Um, but I'm I, I'm just not I'm not willing to to really slam on on Darius Slade's play because in general I don't think it's been that bad. So let's update the draft order. The Lions currently sit in fifth. Um, I don't. Do you know how this works with the tie with Arizona at all? Uh, yeah. So it's, it's considering they have the same record. It's based on strength of schedule, and so I'm pulling it up on Tankathon here. Um, because you no, know, I mean Tankathon has the Lions at fifth above the of, above the yes. Cardinals. I just want to make sure we got yes. that right. And that's correct. So the Lions, yeah, okay, the Lions could have moved up to fourth, but the Dolphins finished a point short. Yes. So Miami for now remains ahead by a half game over over Detroit for the draft. And, uh, here's the good news though. All these all three the three of the teams in front of the Lions right now, the Giants, the Redskins and the Dolphins, they all play each other in some I think the Giants play all of them. Miami plays the Giants and then the Giants also play the Skins and I think Dolphins also play Bengals in there too. Uh yes, I believe yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. But I think I don't think you're touching the Bengals this probably point. Not. Bengals probably have number 1 locked. Bengals probably have number 1 locked up, but it is feasible for the Lions to move up to like 3, maybe even 2. Uh, I don't think they can move up to 2. They can at least move up to 3 though. Just Math- depending on how it all speaking, shakes out. they could still move up to 2. In the only way they yeah, get the I'm just one trying to remember it, it, seed is if literally they lose out and Cincinnati wins out and then obviously some other stuff in between needs to happen. Yeah, so I'm just trying to think cuz like the Giants would probably have to win two games. They'd probably have to the Giants would probably have to beat I think what you want is the Giant you want the Giants to beat the Eagles twice and then lose to the Dolphins and and Skins. Yeah. And you want the Skins probably I honestly I think the Skins are going to beat the Cowboys to end the season. I mean, who knows what's going to happen with that crazy NFC, but... Dude, the Cowboys are just garbage I think, right now. I think but. the overall sense here is the Lions right now are in the top five. I think realistically yeah. they can move as top as high as top three. I think Miami's going to get another sure. win because, again, they have to play Giants, Bengals, Patriots. I think they, they, they will probably beat the Bengals. Yeah. I, I, think, I think the Lions probably jump Miami. That... If I had to guess right now, I think four or five is where the Lions are going to be picking. Yeah. Um, I mean, you also have to consider what, what the Lions are going to do, right? Next week, they're playing yeah. the Bucks. Um, Jameis Winston has like 50 interceptions on the year. I believe Mike Evans is injured and probably won't play in that game. Um, it's not a particular... That's the one game where they could screw Maybe. it up. Yeah, and, and then you also... like I was circling Denver as, as a team that this team could beat down the stretch i think denver's and improved Lock, denver oh, is absolutely. now five and eight drew, yeah drew luck yeah. drew lock has looked very good and suddenly that team's very they beat the texans on the road today like the texans are a playoff yeah. team and i mean so you, we got three games left we got a bucks who has a really good pass <laughs> offense which is a horrible matchup for the Lions. although like i said Jameis winston very mistake prone and Here, here's have, here's the thing with Jameis winston too He's he is literally Charlie Day screaming wild. Yes, hard. yes, yes. He is. At any given moment, he, he could have a breakout game for like three hundred yards. Yes, one hundred percent. And then yeah, and then you, you finish the season 
That's the Packers. At, is it at Green Bay? I can't remember. No, it's no, no, it's, it's in Detroit. In, it's in Detroit. It's home against Green Bay. They could be sitting starters, but I think it's more likely that that game. No, no, that game is still going to decide the division. Um, depending, I guess. Here's here's the thing. People people don't set these starters, man. We have a question here in Twitch from from Go Lions. Uh, new quarterback Kyle Slaughter was with the Vikings for years and knows the defense. Why wouldn't the coaches put them in for the fourth? Nothing to lose, dude. These starting quarterbacks, they do not like to sit at all, man. Like just even just look at Stafford. Stafford doesn't even like the idea that that someone wants to put him on IR, even though his his career his season is is one hundred percent over. He doesn't want to go on IR just because he wants to try to come right. Back. And I think you also have quarterbacks are insane. I mean, from a coaching standpoint, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to do something like that either. I mean, David Blau is a guy that you invested some resources into, and I think the Lions like who they have in him. Kyle Slaughter was just a guy that they needed. They don't have healthy quarterbacks right now. They needed a backup. And Kyle yeah. Slaughter is a guy who's been with the team for a week or two. Like That's a guy that's not going to be prepared. Um, this team is trying to develop a guy like David Blau, and this is a perfect opportunity to do it, to play a really good defense. Like you said, there's, there's nothing to lose, but there's also really not a lot to gain putting Kyle Slaughter in. They're not trying, you know, I, I, I was about to say they're not trying to win the game, and I don't think that's necessarily <laughs> accurate, but I don't think putting in a guy that's been with the team for two weeks um, it is a way to to potentially earn that. Like the fact that he quote unquote knew the Vikings defense only gets you so far when you actually have to play them. Yeah. I think though, going back to the draft order, I think the Lions probably settle in at four or three. Maybe. The question is which teams in front of them are going to be wanting to take quarterbacks. Yeah. And the problem is I I mean with the Tua injury, like maybe Burroughs goes before Chase Young. Yeah. So you, I mean, you look, I, I don't know, like unless Chase Young just really bombs out during combine season. Um, yeah. I, I think the only way Chase Young drops out of the top three is if he suffers an injury during top the playoffs, two, maybe top even two. the top two. Yeah. And so you look at the quarterback needy teams ahead of the Lions. Cincinnati's kind of Cincinnati. the only one, right? Because the Giants. Uh, that depends how how much faith do you think Miami has in Josh Rosen? That I mean, that's a fair question to ask, right? Because that's that's the only question. Because I think Washington, they think they have a guy with Dwayne Haskins. They're at least going to commit to Dwayne Haskins for another year or so. Yeah. And then the Giants believe they have their guy in Daniel right. Jones for whatever that's worth. Right. Yeah. I, like they're not great quarterbacks in Washington and New York, but they they were quarterbacks taken recently, which means that. For a general manager, they're not going to go back to the well that quickly. Yeah. And and this isn't Cleveland. And the other thing is, you look at the teams right underneath the Lions in the draft order, and none of those guys really seem like you got Arizona. They're fine with Kyler Murray. Yeah, Arizona, Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Jacksonville probably. Maybe needs a it depends how much they believe in Gardner Minshew. Um, he obviously not dude. No, not. No. I'm, I don't know if they're ready to. Minshew's a fun story, but he is not a franchise He's, quarterback. He does seem a little more meme than actual quarterback right now. But yeah, Atlanta, Atlanta. I I don't know when Matt Ryan's twilight's coming. I don't think it's quite yet. And then you got the Jets, who maybe, and then, well, no, probably not the Jets. Um. And then the Chargers, I don't know. Like, when is it time to give up on? Old, suddenly, we're talking. Suddenly, we're talking about the Lions winning two games. Okay, here, fair point. So, maybe I mean, maybe we're straying too far from. We we are here. we are yeah. But, so I think I think the Lions Lions have I would say this point no lower than top eight. 
Yeah. I oh, think they're going to stay in the top five. Guaranteed. I think I think top five is, yeah. is very likely at this point. Like I said, I think four is also gettable and three is gettable, but I think four is probably more likely. Um, which yeah. begs the question. And we'll probably as we and I asked this to Ryan a couple weeks ago, maybe it was even last week, and and uh Beck Barth asked us in our in our Twitch chat, if we aren't top two, trade a King's random to get a guy like Chase Young. Ransom, not random. Ransom, sorry. Whatever. Uh, so if the Lions are no, three or four, no, 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 no. there's up. some good talent this what? year. There's good talent this year. There's good okay. talent this year. I'm not trading. But Chase Young does kind of feel like one of those generational guys. It's like, and and it's the most valuable. Oh, are you medical. saying to trade oh, up? Yes. Trade yeah. up. No, I I'd trade up for Chase Young. I would trade up. I'm not trading down. I if mm, I'm the Lions, if they find a quarterback hungry team, I say I don't mind trading down to like nine and picking up another late first or early second. Yeah, again, it's it's a matter of who's behind them. I'd only trade down like a couple spots, kind of like what Chicago and San Francisco did. Like the risk of losing Chase Young is or or any other guy we might fall in love with in the combo in the combine. There are some good edge rushers and linebackers coming out in this draft. And people are talking about the tackle from Georgia as well. Uh, we're going to get into more individual names as we get into the bowl season because we're going to start to see these guys sit out and declare, and that's when we will know who exactly is going to go in the draft. Um, just again, I think the big wild card is the fact that Tua, I think Tua is coming out from Alabama, but from, for, I mean, he's talked a good talk about maybe coming back, but there, there's got to be a family member or a business associate in his ear telling him, yo, man, just just go now. Yeah, but especially that injury Alabama's will. Alabama's washed, right? What? Leave now while Alabama's washed before the, <laughs> the Nick Saban train crashes into the mountainside. What what bowl game did Alabama oh, pull? What what bowl up. game is shut Alabama right going don't, to? Don't look it up. Please don't look it up. Please don't look it up. Please don't look it up. Oh, I thought. Oh, wow. So, okay, yeah. hold up. Someone told me wrong. Someone told me USC was playing Michigan nope. in the Holiday Bowl. They might have Michigan nope. State. It's Michigan, Alabama. And that's why I don't want to talk about it. And that's why I'm oh, talking wow. Alabama wow. because I can get away with it now for another two weeks before. Oh, no. We're playing. I- uh, USC's playing Iowa. Okay. You're already. You're already. Acquired, oh, you're already acquired USC. No, one of my. One of the guys I work with at Fox Sports. Yeah. I'm. I've got a diploma from there. I've got a master's from there. What do you want? All right, we're taking a break. When we come back, uh, I want to talk about some comments Glover Quinn made this week and the larger question about culture for the Detroit Lions. We're going to talk a little bit more about where things go from here, but we're kind of in a holding pattern until the season finally gets put to bed. Um, as I said, we're going to talk some more draft stuff soon enough, and I want people to start sending us your ideas. We, I'm starting to, it's the end of the decade here. And we're starting to compile the most memorable games from the 2010s for the NFL. That's going to be in with our mailbag at the end of the show here. But when we come back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast, we are going to talk about uh, culture comments that we comments that we've kind of seen coming. But at the same time, I think they're still very, very interesting to talk about. And we'll do that next Pride of Detroit POD cast.
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And welcome back to the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. All right, Jeremy, I know you hate this this topic. You hate this almost as much as talking about the draft in November. Glover Quinn came out today, or not today, but uh, Wednesday on the Pat McAfee show, and he brought up the dreaded uh, culture question. Not, not quite there. Let me try to get the quote going. Right now, they're struggling. They're struggling, and it's not a great situation, and it's not a situation where, like, I don't know if they can fight out of it right now because I don't know if the love and the like for Patricia's style makes the players want to fight out of it. I think they're there to the point where they're like, man, we're three, eight, and one. It's cold out here. We got four games left. Let's just get this thing over with. So, Quinn, of course, respected veteran. And it plays into kind of preconceptions we already have about the Lions. We saw this, especially around the time when they traded away Quandre Diggs. We saw people start to really talk about how much the Lions players seem to be kind of back-talking the decisions of the organization. Uh, I've heard this from several friends who cover the Lions. I've heard it from people who still have ties up in Detroit from the sports media there. I've heard it from another former player whose name I still will not give away. And when if it was just one source, I'd shrug it off. When it's multiple sources all talking at once, it starts to get a little worrying. And I know you, our old argument has always been winning cures everything. And maybe to a degree it would cure anything. But I think a bad culture just makes losing all the worse. And that's what's happening right now. And I mean, I'm not going to sit out here and read body language in the middle of a game and tell you what I think, but it's really hard to imagine why if you're a Detroit Lions player right now, you're checked in at all. I, I don't know, man. I don't know who's all coming to Patricia's defense right now. Um, most people just kind of want this to sit kind of, uh, I don't know, man. All right. Let me, let me jump in here then, because I think this is an yeah. outdated narrative. I think last year, this argument held water. We heard a lot of things from the get go that veteran players were not happy with the way Matt Patricia was running the team, not happy with the way the training camp went. We heard people throughout, you know, I'm in that locker room every day and you could sense that there were some people in that locker room that did not enjoy what was going on. I think that's changed. I think it's changed actually drastically. I think there are a couple leftover guys that probably aren't fully checked in. I think there are a couple guys that, as you mentioned, were, were public in their you know disdain for, for what the Lions did with, um, with Quandre. But I think it was very limited. I think you, you can talk about Darius Slay. He's probably not happy with things where things are at, especially with the, the group. But, and, 
and as much as I respect Glover Quinn, and as much as he's probably still connected to a lot of those guys in this locker room, we're talking about team captain after all. I do think his idea on what's going on in that locker room is a little bit outdated. I really, really do. Because you think you look at the leaders of this, the guys that the Lions view as leaders right now in that locker room, the guys that they always trot out in in media coverages and, and press conferences and guys that they're highlighting all the time. You look at Devon Kennard, the guy that said he will follow Matt Patricia into the depths of hell, essentially. You look at a guy like Tracy Walker, a guy who literally said, I am going to play my balls off. You, I mean, you look at the guys that they're trying to bring in. Uh, Trey Flowers is a guy who's, who will buy into anything Matt Patricia does. Danny Amendola on the offensive side is another guy. I think the Lions are trying to flush out guys like Glover Quinn. And, and whether that's the right move or not is, is definitely something that's up for debate. That's I, I don't think that's the right move, though. But, yeah, is that's no, the thing. I but, I mean, we've, I've talked about this before. Good coaches get guys to buy in. That's what's made John Harbaugh and Pete Carroll so fascinating through the years. I don't deny that. And, and I, I've said specifically on this podcast, if you're looking for robots who are just going to buy in no matter what you do, you're probably going to sacrifice some talent that you shouldn't be sacrificing. Yeah, some. <laughs> but in terms of this narrative that the team has given up, that the team isn't buying in, I just don't buy that at all. I think that's an outdated narrative. I think part of the thing that Matt Patricia is trying to do is to flush out those kind of people. And like I said, whether that's the right or wrong move, up to you. We'll see how it plays out probably in the next year because he's probably going to get another year and we'll, we'll see. But, I mean, I just look at there out on the field. I don't see any guys dogging it. You look at the guys that are out there right now. You asked, you, you said specifically, what are these guys playing for? Well, what is a guy like Bo Scarborough playing for? He's playing for a job. What's a guy like Amani Oruare yeah. playing for? He's playing for a job. Austin Bryant, when he's healthy, is going to be fighting for a job. All these guys are, I mean, Sean Robinson better be fighting for a contract. That dude's a free agent next year. Uh, I mean, you, you look across the board. Those are these guys that that are fighting for future jobs. I, if 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 the tape shows you dogging it in the last month of the season, once adversity hits, you think teams aren't going to see that when you hit free agency? They absolutely are. And so, no, no, this is the time where guys compete for jobs. But at the same time, too, I just, I don't know if, I, I think those stories do linger around. Like, yeah, you can get rid of any of the dissenters you want, and hopefully eventually you have enough yes-men around you then to make to make it so that there aren't people bagging you in the media. But I don't know if I'm really getting that out of Patricia. Like these these things still linger. Like I think I think as you say, some guys are getting filtered out that aren't buying in, but I don't know if that's a good thing, man. I, I really don't. I don't know if if it's it's going Man, I I I I kind of hate trying to get through this because it is a lot of he said he said through all of this. But at the same time, like when it gets bad like this, I think that is more condemning than anything of a, of a coach. Like again, I think the best coaches get guys to buy in. They do not come in as tyrants and then demand anyone who doesn't follow them to the depths of hell just get out. Like that's not that's not a way to build a team anymore in 2019. There's the apocryphal story about Nick Saban losing the Dolphins locker room because he told some guy to tie his shoes. I don't know if that's true, but I mean, it makes for a great story, right? Like these, these aren't, these aren't kids on a college field out there. And Patricia's had, you know, time to learn how to manage guys in new England. But at the same time, I don't, I just don't know if it's translated over here. 
I'm going to be very interested to see what stories come out after Patricia leaves town. And honestly, unless this stuff really turns around in year three, I don't I don't see it lasting more than three years. I, mean, I really don't. I mean, the team is is back to where they I mean, we're talking about a top five pick. We haven't talked about that sort of, you know, dire straits and and since oh and sixteen and and the, and the couple of years afterwards, it, things are really bad and and yeah, everything needs to come into question for that. I just think when you look at Patricia's overall method when it comes to you know weeding out the guys that aren't buying in that sort of thing, you, you can argue whether it's a right or wrong move, but you can at least understand his his methods his his idea here his idea that if if it does come to where it is right now, where you're in December playing quote unquote meaningless football and you're not giving it your all and you're not completely bought in and you're not thinking like, I only get 16 opportunities. Well, I don't think to play Glover's, a not game. Say, Glover's not saying people aren't completely, are not giving it all, but at the same is, time, though. like he said, he says like, I, I'm just trying to get like, he thinks players are saying, let's just get this over with. Matt Patricia is, is yeah, trying but I to think get... I think that's different from saying eighty percent. I think it's a difference of hundred percent versus one hundred twenty. Okay, well, whatever you want to argue semantics. <laughs> My point is that the idea, the and 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 I almost know this for sure with Matt Patricia is that if your guys can't get hyped enough to play football when you only have sixteen opportunities to do this every year, no matter the scenario, he doesn't want you on the team. He wants someone that is going to go balls to the wall. Every week, he wants a guy like Danny Amendola who sprints to the other side of the field as soon as the gates open. God. And, and yes, a lot of that is, is just, uh, it, it feels like an image thing more than actual That's club. so annoying. I get that. But at the same time, I, I think I understand it. I, I'm not saying I condone it. I'm not saying this is the right and only way to build your team, but I can at least understand what Matt Patricia is going for. And whether it works or not, I don't it's, understand it. Has it I don't. Worked. I don't. Will it I, work? I, we'll I, I'm going. I, I'm putting my foot down. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I just don't. Like, come on, come on, man, come on, come on. Like, are, are we for real? If if we're setting our, our our limits on like, hey, we need people like Danny Amendola, just going nuts. Like, but I just I can't. I it it drives me insane though. It drives me insane because like. We don't have these conversations from a lot of other people about buying in or not. Like, there's some definitely some clown shows across the NFL, but for a lot of good teams, it's just assumed that if you're coming in there, like you you don't have a lot of this back talking, even in bad seasons. That's not true. I, just, I mean, any bad team has these sort of drama things come up. That's that's just what happens when you're in December. And we're trying to figure out something to talk about because we're all bored because the team is not being entertaining on Sundays. That's why we only spent 10 minutes talking about the game and the rest we're talking about other stuff. It's because we have to... Well, we talk, we talk 15 for the game. But yeah. <laughs> You're really nitpicking me today. <laughs> no, what, I, what I'm doing is trying to tease this out because I really don't have more than 10 minutes on this thing as it is. And I've already uh, just sweated, sweated bullets over one thing. So <laughs> we're we're already in the weeds. And uh, man, I just that that's it. Is like I'm I'm still trying to figure out how to articulate this story because I think it is bigger than you are letting on. But at the same time, I don't know what to really say because all we can really do is is talk about do guys really give a hundred percent all the time. Uh, our guy, like, what's the definition of 
you know, let's get this over with and what does that look like? We're talking just really weird intangibles about uh, about motivation and about how much effort is being given. And at the same time, about at, this, at the end of the day, I just don't think this is a good team. Right. And I just don't think they're coached well. And that's 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 where that it gets that's where it gets frustrating that's too. Ultimately, because, like, what it comes down to, because whether Matt Patricia gets his guys and whether he gets all these guys that will, you know, stand in a straight line. Guys, I don't think he's coaching them well, that, well. That's the thing. If he if he gets all of his guys that'll stand in a straight line, say yes sir, yes sir, and and go ham every practice and and sprint out of the tunnel from from zero to sixty minutes into the game. He still needs to produce results. He still needs to coach. He still, yeah, he still yeah, needs to can, prove you, that his defensive scheme is worth anything right now. Be- yeah, you can you can have you can have a great army all bought in, and you can still be Pyrus of a Pyrus. Yes, and that is a classical reference. Look, and that is why we have something called a Fyric victory. Yes. Yeah, and I'm I'm right there, lock and step with you. I'm just saying, from a mentality standpoint, I get what he's doing. Whether whether any of it works and whether he's able to overcome all the other issues that are going on right now with him and his team and his talent and all that, it's not looking great. Not gonna lie, it's not looking great. But this is all part of the no, reason why I'm willing not. to at least give one more year. I'm not I'm not thrilled about it. I'm not. I know you're not. I've seen enough. I well, I've just I've seen enough, man. And we've we've also talked about time being we're in this weird kind of catch twenty two yeah. yes. where it's like time is of the essence for the Detroit Lions to keep their window open. And you can argue, as you have been, that because that window is so close, you can't change you know, you can't change boats in the middle of the river. But at the same time, I see that as you need to move on and get a coach, a better coach as fast as possible, because I'm not saying this is a Jeff Fisher situation, but a lot of times, like I'm at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, this team's got talent. Where's the problem? Oh, it's in the coaching. Just, I I see, I'm not saying it's a Sean McVay type turnaround, but that's my argument is that. We've seen some teams move on from their coach and immediately things change. And if that ever happens for the Detroit Lions, that's more of an indictment than anything. But that'll be after the fact at that point, too. Yeah, but you, like you said, it's a catch-22 because, as we've said, you get rid of Patricia, you get rid of Quinn, probably, and that means a pretty big roster overhaul. And that means probably... Dude, probably a two, where's the, a general, where's the general manager who just accepts the guys who are there like and doesn't seem to need to... Do you like, think this team is talented you know, enough? Rearrange the decks. I don't know. I just... I, I mean... A, a GM. I, I mean, I mean. Okay, cool. You get rid of Bo Scarborough at the lower levels. I don't care. You get rid of Tracy Walker at the lower levels. I don't care. But like, you're you're not going to be like, oh, I I don't know. We've got to get rid of Quandre Diggs. You know, I don't know if uh, he fits the system we're working here. It's like keep the guys who have actual talent. This isn't this isn't bleeping rocket science. I I I don't. I don't know, man. I I, mean, I I think I think NFL people are clever by half too much. Maybe. And that's I mean, yeah. my overall point in, in terms of keeping versus or keeping for another year or blowing it up is just that I think this team has a better chance of turning it around during Matthew Stafford's open window if they cross their fingers and hope Matt Patricia is their guy. Because if they don't, that means blowing everything up and that means starting all over again, which probably means we're, we're headed towards more six and ten seasons for the next two, three years. And then then Stafford's what, 35? 
I guess I just you're you're asking me to place a bet on whether Patricia can turn around two last place losses in the NF last place uh, finishes the NFC North to suddenly start winning a uh, a wild card or a or a division title. And I just don't see it. I mean, I'm not putting like, money on there, it. There's, there's like, it's a catch 22. Yeah. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. Sorry. That sucks. Like, this, this wasn't supposed franchise. to be the plan when the line. Listen, this wasn't supposed to be the plan when you jumped off of Jim Caldwell. It absolutely was not. All right. Let's take a break here. Um, I need to talk to Jeremy in private real quick. Um, and then we will be right back. We're going to talk mailbag and we're going to talk uh, kind of it's end of decade month here so we're gonna celebrate that in style by talking about the nfl and less about the lions but get your questions in hashtag ask pod and we'll be right back with the mailbag pride of detroit pod cast rolls on time hashtag ask pod as always to get your questions in gonna have some fun here today not a lot of questions but uh we're gonna take some questions as we go about this and we also have a game to play as well too but first i'll take this one from twitter uh josh harrington at joshua h03 i think this is uh for jeremy but we'll see would you rather have to endure a guard rotation without any good or reasonable explanation for another season or be forced to eat mozzarella sticks each time Jared Davis blows a pass coverage assignment for a season? Oh, Lord. Ooh. So we've had enough people asking us about the guard rotation that is still going yeah. on with the Lions right now. What do you make of that? Before before we get into the would you rather answer, I want I th- I think this is a good setup for the deep dive. Is like why are they still rotating guards? It's weird. It's it's something that the coaches will just tell you the same thing they've been saying from the beginning of the season. It, it's it keeps our guys fresh. It keeps them all experienced in case of injury and 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 all that sort of stuff. And they can say it till they're blue in the face, and it still doesn't make a lot of sense to me because you don't. I mean. You hear it from every from thirty one other coaching staff that says building chemistry with your front five is the most important thing possible, and keeping that chemistry and keeping it so that you know what to expect out of guys to your left and right is the most important thing. And when you're changing that, you know every other drive or how however often the lines are doing. And to be clear, they're not doing it that often. It's not like literally one drive in, one drive out, that sort of stuff. But it's annoying. It doesn't make a lot of logical sense. It doesn't seem to be working particularly well. Not that the Lions offensive line has been a huge issue this year, but it hasn't been great. And so it's annoying. I don't like it. I don't think it's been particularly effective. But I'm not eating mozzarella sticks. <laughs> I'm just not doing it. I mean, I like any good would you rather question, I have follow-up questions like, do I get dipping sauce? And is it an exorbitant amount of dipping sauce where I can just basically say that I'm eating, my, uh, eating uh, marinara sauce marinara. In which case maybe the answer is yes. That's fair. Um, 
But I mean, Jared Davis is only going to be on the team for one more year, so I can probably sit through that too. So yeah, I'll do the mozzarella sticks. I don't care. I've got no shame. <laughs> um, let's see. Question. Uh, I don't. How many questions do you take last week? Because I see there's some here from last week, and I didn't. Again, because I wasn't here, I didn't really get to field too many of these. Um, we got a, a good amount last. Because I've got a question from Susan Bakush that from we the did, Den Mother. We did I really the Den do. Mothers. We answered the first. Okay. Half okay. Of Den Mother. I think I forgot to answer the. The other half. No, don't worry about it then. I've got some other questions I just wanted to ask. Um, Ant999 asking us, how much do you think Stafford benefits from being on the sideline watching this game? He's never been a backup. Uh, I think he's going crazy, (laughs) to be honest. Uh, Considering all we know about this guy, how even though he's got literally broken vertebrae in his back, he's like, I want to be out in the field. It's like, dude, just... It, this is this is this is the bro on uh, frustrated. This is the bro shrugged, and uh, he needs to be out there. I, he's got to be going crazy. I don't know how much clipboard working he's really doing. Um, yeah, <laughs> he he one thousand percent is going crazy, and he'll probably be the first to admit it. Um, he talked with the media again this week, and I think someone actually specifically asked him a question similar to the one you're asking, which is, um, you know it has being on the sidelines and and watching it, giving you a different perspective. Has that helped you at all? And I feel like Stafford kind of shrugged it off a little bit. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, it's an, yeah, the, the political thing is not to say no to that. Right. <laughs> and I, I, I think part of it, he was saying himself like, well, you know, it's still a new system that we're all kind of learning, but at the same time, you know, he's, he's an 11 year veteran he's kind of seen it all. Right. And so I'm not sure sitting on the sidelines has really changed much for him in that respect. We talked about with this with Twitch earlier about like, why did, why don't, you know, coaches take out their quarterbacks when games are in the bag in the fourth quarter? Like, dude, like again, these guys, these guys are to, to be a starting quarterback, a veteran starting quarterback in the NFL. You have to be a little bit of a psycho. You have to be a little bit of a psycho clawing and keeping to your spot because Every let me tell you, man. I don't know if it's true, if it's necessarily true, but I, it's got to be somewhere in that psyche. No one wants to be Drew Bledsoe. Mm-hmm. No one wants to be Alex Smith. No one wants to wake up the next day and because they missed one day, all of a sudden they're they're old meat. And to- I don't know if that's going through their heads. I doubt it, but I've got to think at least from a narrative standpoint, there like. To 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 get to where you were in college, to be a starting quarterback, to have that tape and resume to show that you can be a starting quarterback in the NFL, how many guys do you have to beat out? How many how many how many people do you have to shiv, claw, bite, and crawl to the top of a pile of bodies to be a quarter a a unquestioned quarterback for your career? It's gotta make you a little insane. It's got to make you sleep with one eye open at night. It really does. It's it's not healthy. I can't think of a single quarterback who is, is like, I mean, there's there's definitely laid back quarterbacks, but you're talking about the guys who are at the top of their game who haven't let go of that throne for over 10 years like Stafford has. They're all a little crazy up there, man. They're all very, like I, I've told this tale multiple times about how I watch 
you know, Ben Roethlisberger, every time he gets hurt, he sits out like a half of a series and he sees like a guy like Bruce Gradkowski start to drive the, the offense down the field. It doesn't matter that, that he's going to cut that, uh, that Ben's going to come in and immediately throw a pick six taking over. He's got to be back in there because he can't let Bruce get more, more reps over him, man. I mean, like I, I think <laughs> low key veteran starting NFL quarterbacks are a little insane. Is it, was it Brock Osweiler with Peyton Manning when Manning, like the yeah. game was in, <laughs> in hand and, yes. and Brock Osweiler yes. is go, going to get his helmet and Peyton Manning's already charging on the field when, when the game's already over that that's the perfect yes, because Peyton that is can't go back energy that is can't lose my spot right. energy man and uh, see this is if all you, starting to come <laughs> together now because now I realize why Jake Rudock never took over this team is because as you put it Matthew Stafford shivved him and I'm not sure if you, if, if you mean he <laughs> Dude, literally like, did or not watch but the throne watch the, the only throne. reason that's all the I'm only saying reason I can come up I can't I can come up with with the reason Jake like, Rudock that, is in that's a franchise it. People ask right all now. the time. People ask all the time, like, why don't you rest your quarterbacks when it's a fourth when it's a fourth quarter out of hand? Like, dude, these guys would rather stay in and take snaps to kneel down if they could, all right? Like, it's just it's part of the psychosis. It's something we don't talk about a lot with quarterbacks. And I do feel for it because again, it can't it's not healthy. It's really not. But, but those are the kind of guys that Matt Patricia wants. But that's that's the thing is like for quarterbacks, it's across the entire league though. Like, something flips in your brain once you've been in the league for like six or seven years, where you're just you're just again sleeping with one eye open, and you're like, don't you dare, there, kid! I mean, don't there you is dare. a point to be made that that's kind of how you should feel at every position in the NFL because it is like, a, what have you no, done for again, me lately? Again, history: Drew Bledsoe, Alex Smith. What happened to those right. guys? I know Alex Smith got. But, jobs elsewhere but what was the defining thing about alex smith he got a concussion and colin kaepernick took over for him drew bledsoe what happened to drew bledsoe we all know what happened to drew bledsoe and there's a reason then why tom brady doesn't let any of these kids get near him at all i mean i'm just saying that there's stories like that at every single position in the nfl we just don't hear about them as much because they're not quarterbacks and so and yeah yeah, because they're not the most important position in all of sports I'm just saying, you kind of have to be a little psychotic. Yeah. And and w- I mean, that's why we see players play no, through injuries, board, and that's sure. why we see players not report yeah. injuries. And it's it's kind of a terrifying culture in the NFL and in football and, mm-hmm. and in sports. I mean, it probably expands to well beyond the NFL um, for for certain things like that. But um, mm-hmm. we got way... I don't even remember what the original question was at this point. Probably nothing to no, do with it. No, it. it was about is Stafford. Is Stafford uh, learning on the sidelines? <laughs> and wow, I mean, we, we ventured way off there. I don't think so. I think this is still... Stafford is learning very quickly about uh, what to do with his thoughts. So, okay. Uh, Baltimore Beatdown sends us this question. Do you have a moment to talk about our Lord and Savior, Lamar Jackson? So this one's a bittersweet game for me because I believe in Lamar Jackson. On the other hand... I'm trying to stump for the Bills as hard as I can right now because it makes Ryan mad. It would make you really mad. Make him really mad this week. Since he Why well, is that? he loves Lamar too. No, but he wants the Bills yes. to lose. I want the Bills to like do if, decent. If they had, I think the Bills are beaten, Bills are going to win ten games this season. I think Ryan's head would have exploded if the Bills won today. 
I mean, they played they played the Ravens yeah, close. I think they were they really did. for a lot of that game. I could be wrong though because no, 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 no. They they didn't they didn't lead they didn't lead at all oh, this game. Well, see, but uh, I'm in my little line. Unless pool. unless it was three unless it was at three six at some point. I could be wrong. I don't think it was. No, yeah, the 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 Bills never led, but still, like they put up a commendable effort against one of the best teams, the AFC. So commendable effort, I mean, guys. Lamar Jackson's fun, we'll man. Lamar Jackson's right fun. Right in the category of the he Detroit Lions today, versus but... the Kansas City Chiefs. You guys gave it your all. Good job. Good effort. You remember that kid from the uh, yes. NBA? What was it? Was Miami Heat? I believe it was. was that yeah. the? Uh, it was in the finals. Good effort. Good job. Good job. Good effort. See, those are the kind of people <sighs> that we only... need in the Lions locker room. <laughs> we need good job. Lamar good Jackson's kid. good. I want to see Lamar Jackson and uh, Patrick Mahomes dueling it out in the playoffs, man. You're probably going to get it. I really do. We're probably going to get it. What round do you think? Mm. Championship? Or do you think the Patriots will just rise from the grave? They didn't look great today, the Patriots. Um, I mean, their offensive issues look real, but how many times have we said something like that in December? We're just like, I don't know if the Patriots are under the playoff. That's the thing, man. It's like we, we keep saying this about the Patriots, not, and then every time we end up eating shit. I'm, I'm never going to count out the Patriots for at least an AFC championship uh, appearance. So, no, I can't say that. What do you make of all these people who are talking about this might be uh, Brady's last year Almost in New true. England? Complete. I mean, good. Okay. We will just leave it yeah. there. We'll leave it there. <laughs> that's all we need to say all right um i don't have too many more questions i'm kind of losing i want to get over since we're 12 minutes and i want to get over to my question which is since we are near the end of the tw- 2010s the teens we have to start making lists of things i've actually been working on something for medium for uh most baffling most baffling trends we will try, we will struggle to explain to our kids from the 2010s, yeah, which includes stuff like, hold up, oh, there we go, awful thing, I'm sorry, I switched over some stuff and uh, I might, yeah, okay, hold on, I'm making a little note here, thank you, all right. So in that vein, I want to talk about the most memorable games from the NFL in the 2010s. Games, games, not they're just memorable to you for re, for a personal thing. Like, cool, the Stafford diving into the end zone against the, the Cowboys, really cool. That's not going to be remembered as like you know when they start doing NFL films for the decade with with all that music with uh, Autumn Wind or what what was the name of some of those uh, oh, we were man. looking up tracks the other day I think we were going to do it we're going to eventually do a top 10 list cast on NFL films and NFL themes because yeah. there's some great music, great music but fantastic music um, but yeah so what are those games so right now I think one one number one with a bullet for me is probably Philly special. I don't like it. I don't like. It. I no. You. I. I think. I think we're. We don't. We haven't had the distance yet. That's the weird thing is that we. We are. We're. 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 I. I feel like we just kind of shrugged off that Super Bowl so quickly. Like this is the first time Eagles got a Super Bowl, man. Like, and they did that against the Patriots. The, I mean, here's the thing. That 
if if that would have set forth an era in which the Patriots weren't still relevant, then I think it would ha- have a bigger place in yeah in maybe. The, and like the Eagles fell off immediately after. Right. So I mean, I mean, if we're talking about toppling the New England Patriots dynasty, the, the Giants deserve the most credit of that, and and they still failed to do so in in the long term. And yeah. I don't even know if that was in, like was the Tyree. David Tyree catch it even in the 2000s, probably even before the 2000s. No, I think that was the aughts. I think the Giants last won in what, 08? Probably. Something. It's been a while. It's been a minute. <laughs> to, oh, 2011. 2011 was their last Super Bowl. So, okay. Well, okay, whatever. Uh, whatever. This is, um, th- okay, this is I, cheating. Yeah. But to me, the whole 2014 playoffs is full of amazing crazy finished games finishing with the Super Bowl, which I'll get to because the way I remember the 2014 playoffs was this spread of the curse. This is how I remember it because that was, as you all probably remember, curse of the curse of the cat people from the Lions. The the Lions lost to the Cowboys on the picked up flag game, but they did pass on the curse to the Cowboys because the following week against the Packers, Des didn't catch a game, but not, it was all bad for the Cowboys because they passed on their, you know, uh, their their curse over to the Packers, who lost a heartbreaking game to the Seattle Seahawks in overtime when Russell Wilson threw a 50-yard bomb for a touchdown. Rough. But don't worry yourselves, Packers fans, because you passed on the curse to the Seattle Seahawks, who went off, played the New England Patriots, were one yard <laughs> away from winning the Super Bowl, just handed off to Marshawn Lynch, everything's going to be fine. Nope, interception, you lose. Your current offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions. Oh, stop! No, but I think I think that is a more memorable thing that people are going to see that as kind of like, how do you not give it to Marshawn Lynch on the one yard line? Like that is one of those haunting memories that will absolutely get a uh, like thirty minutes on it somewhere. Uh, I also think the big one for me is the fail Mary the. Uh, Seattle Seahawks, Green Bay Packers, 2012 with the replacement of refs. Just given like how I remember that game and the the immediate like that that game, I am convinced ended the whole ended the NFL's pigheaded decision to keep out the the permanent oh, no refs because they were like, all right, we we can't do this anymore. We just had this blow up on Monday. We had this blow up on Monday Night Football with you know two of the biggest franchises out there with the Seahawks and the Packers, and uh, we couldn't figure out they couldn't figure out how to call a hail mary catch. I yeah I I think I think I think I think that's it that that's up there with the tuck I think in my in my I think yeah. officiating as like blunders. Has- definitely dominated the talk in the 2010. So there are a lot of games that I think set forth an era. I think that was one. I think yeah, we talked talk about Dez. Dez and didn't catch it. another one yeah. that I think might go down as a pivotal moment in the NFL. Oh, yes. I know where you're going. Last year. Just last year. Saints-Rams. Pass interference play. They set forth an insane idea that pass interference should be reviewable, and we're reaping all the benefits now. Everyone loves that rule now, right? <laughs> And who knows what this has been the decade. This has been the decade of no one seems to like the rule book. Please change it. Oh my God. Why did you change that? Yes. And see, this is why like the NFL is so slow to change on most things. But if one bad thing happens on a nationally televised stage, they're quick to like push a solution that is not thought out at all. 
And I'm very curious as to what happens to pass interference next year. I think they could completely scrap it because Dude, coaches I, hate it right now. They hate it. Coaches hate it. The review stuff is awful. The problem is, is that I, I don't see this being fixed while Goodell is in there because I need another commissioner. And probably what's going to need to happen is something like, and I'm about to show my Catholic side. You need like a Vatican II on the NFL rule books. You need like a council decree <laughs> to just to just all this all get all the smart men in the room for like two months and just completely overhaul the rule book and say that's it. That's it. We're just going to let this play out. Stop trying to piecemeal it. You just have to blow it up and start o- over again on so much of this because it's just it's so many addendums and 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 sub laws and and sub articles that's just like oh my god, like who's going to fix this? I'm just picturing like a billow of white smoke coming from the chimney. We yeah, have a like new rule book. We have a new rule book. <laughs> <laughs> it would probably be received in that same way. Yes. Um, we are forgetting one game from the 2010s and I'm loath to talk about it because it means happiness for Boston. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. But um, New England over Atlanta yeah. and the Super 28 Bowl. 28 to 3. You, I mean, 28 what, to 28 to th- What other Super Bowl can you identify by a score that wasn't Dude. even the final score? That is going to go down. If they're going to pick one game from Tom Brady's career, that's going to be yeah. the game. Is it was twenty eight to three? Man, we. I have nothing else close. Like I, I could talk about maybe the the blackout bowl, twenty twelve. You know, Raven the Harbaugh or whatever you want to call it, Ravens and 49ers. No, nah, it's. You know what? This is my A number one with a bullet. Twenty eight to three. I mean, it has everything, right? It has drama. Patriots Falcons. It has Patriots. You know, just dominating, which defines the 2010. Matt Ryan vanishing <laughs> in the thin air. Poor Falcons, man. He, I just want to say, like, and I feel like we don't do this enough. We need to recognize how spoiled we have been with Super Bowls as of late. No, they've been good. They've been really good. I'm. It, it's funny. This is probably the one decade of like good Super Bowls. Uh I mean, there's been some decent ones in the past, but I'm trying to think to like the 2000s. Like, we had some pretty bad Super Bowls in the 2000s. There were a bunch of like, you know, 40 to 17 games right. or, or stuff like that. But I mean, that. Like, like, let's just, just look back at the, really let's look back at the past, I don't yeah. know, seven. So last year, the storyline, it wasn't a very exciting Super Bowl, but it was interesting to see the, the Rams, the high flying Rams offense get held to three yeah. points. Interesting storyline. Year before that, Philly special year before that 28 to three year before that probably one of the more forgettable Super Bowls Super Bowl 50 Broncos 24 Panthers 10 I'll be honest I don't remember a damn thing about that game I mean granted granted that was yeah that was kind of the coronation game for but I think that was interesting because at least like that was Peyton's yeah that was Peyton's coronation (laughs) game his 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 farewell but totally carried to the mountain like Elway before him but I mean I think it was more fascinating because like we did not expect Cam Newton just to vanish. Oh, yeah. right. But you're right. And like, um, but I think that's, it's reminiscent of the, uh, well, I mean, the year before that you had New England Seahawks, uh, you had, yeah, you know, Patriots Seahawks. And then before that, this, this was the other lopsided game, but it was lopsided because no one saw it coming when the Seahawks just yeah. obliterated the Broncos. I enjoyed that. Super Bowl just a lot. absolutely annihilated them, yep. man. 
And then before that was the Harbaugh 49ers Ravens. God, that feels like ages ago. And that was what, six, seven years ago? Yep. Yep. 20, and then 2011 was the uh, Giants over the Patriots. Part two. Part two. Yep. And then 2010, what was 2010? Steelers, uh, Packers over the Steelers. Don't remember that one. I don't think the Packers have ever won a Super Bowl. That, that's probably think- a misprint. <laughs> Fake news. Fake news. But yeah, I mean that's that's a string of some really good games and no, it, it it's a great decade for Super Bowls. It really is. Not a great decade unfortunately for Super Bowl logos cuz this was a decade they decided oh. all Super Bowl logos must look I the miss same. Those things it just got like crazy. No, literally, yeah. literally 2010 is when they started doing that. Before 2010, they had unique logos every year for the Super so, Bowl. Now they oh. don't. So what they did is they took all the creative effort that, that they put into those logos and created an interesting script for football because we all know football is scripted. That's why the lines are still bad. Got it. I figured you out, NFL. Figured you out. I think that's a great place to stop. Thanks, everyone. We will see you star side next time on the Pride of Detroit PODcast. cast. <laughs>